0: hello, all you dear friends out there. (laughs) I don't know, that was a weird opening, but okay. Um, I'm almost recovered from my various illnesses. What's the plural of illness? Illni? Illnin? I don't know. Anyway, I've had a couple of different kinds of sickness. I think they're all almost gone. Um, I have a really good interview for you guys today, highly entertaining, but also thought-provoking, with a good friend of mine, Um, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, Let us know what you think. You can reach me, of course, as always, um, on Instagram. You can't reach her there anymore, as you'll hear, Uh, but you can find her on our website and stalk her in person. (laughs) Just kidding, don't do that, she's had those. Okay, thanks, Faye, for coming on, and I hope you guys enjoy this, and I hope uh, my sore throat goes away. Okay, bye. Okay, so thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you. You and I go way back. Way back. Way back to, like, the fun times days, right? So, first of all, can you just tell us who you are, what are you about, where did you come from, where are you going, etc.? Fundamental questions of life. Yes. So yeah,
1: we go back quite a while. We had some really fun time some fun times with you and your brother.
0: It's been literally like eight ish years. Yeah, I came
1: back around eight years, but I think I met you like seven years ago. Yeah. Something like that. that. That's that's pretty much Right. So where do I come from? So I grew up here in 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 California and then I moved to the Middle East with my family. We spent about 13 years there, did my high school and undergrad over there. Um, had a lot of really interesting, controversial uh, life events, um, got to stand up for my faith. And Wait, for you what can't I just
0: breeze by controversial.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I was an Adventist and I had absolutely no Adventist friends my entire young adult life. And it was something I craved. I used to watch GYC on 3 ubn from in Lebanon, in the Middle East. (laughs) And I used to just cry, like literally cry, because I'm like, oh my goodness, all those Adventist (laughs) young people. And I had no, I I barely had any Christian friends, because it's um, 50-50, like 50% Christian, supposedly. And then, because most of them are Catholic and atheist, and then the other 50% are Muslims. So we couldn't really we didn't have a lot of friends. So when we met you guys, we were like super stoked. When we finally came back to Loma Linda, I came back for um, higher education. I got accepted in a master's program at Loma Linda University in nutrition. And we finally made the big move back. And when I say we, it's my family and my siblings. And we all kind of um, went to school at Loma Linda University. And then uh, we, you know, continued to pursue higher education and Um, Got my doctorate and then, you know, dabbled in a few things. I know, right? (laughs) So overrated. But I dabbled in a lot of different avenues from when I landed in California. (laughs) Right when I landed, I started to um, experiment with a few things. As soon as I got my... (laughs) (laughs) Except that. (laughs) um, I I was able to uh, just... Like I said, dabbled into social media for a while, and then once I got my degrees, went I, viral, became an internet yeah, star, yeah, kind of in a weird <laughs> way, and then I got basically villainized by online social media. <laughs> well, got that's s-
0: part of the package. Stabbed isn't it? in the
1: back by the thing I used to put so much energy and thought into. So then I left that realm, and then I actually became a professional and Ugh. i know right hated my life for a couple of months but then i felt like god blessed me with a pretty cool job and with that i was able to you know focus on my profession but i still had some time to play with some creativity start a corporation do all these other like things that i was interested in as i was battling the torture of a phd program <laughs> to kind of create that healthy balance yeah, yeah. and establish some well-being i needed a creative outlet so yeah
0: well because i feel like I, you're a creative at heart right i'm
1: creative at heart science was something i kind of was kind of beat into rather than something I really wanted to <laughs> yeah, do because, yeah. you know, like Middle Eastern families are all about become a doctor, you know, <laughs> you need to, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty similar across most of these ethnic, uh, traditional, um, homes. And so I did that for the sake of my family. I do, did believe in, you know, that the health is the right hand of the gospel and all that. know i didn't want to support that but deep down i was as creative at heart you know i i did like a painting exhibition when i was in college which no one understood why you're from the science department what are you doing in the graphic design department displaying an exhibition about jesus people were so weirded out in this catholic university i was at they're like who the heck i mean what are you doing and so creative at heart battling this you know science world but you know at the same time god blessed me with success but it was Hard. yeah for some people it's like easy. You know just go ahead and just focus on their bookworms you know I I die when I'm in the library it's like you're cutting my life short (laughs) but I did it because I felt it was the right thing to do but yeah yeah. you're right I'm a creative at heart
0: nice well uh that's interesting and I feel like that's part of why we're friends because we both are we like to do wildly creative things exactly yeah um but what I was going to say was it sounds to me like and this is not necessarily on our topic I'm just interested to know Mm. it sounds like you didn't have um you had a little bit different experience than a lot of uh people in our generation who grew up in the states Adventist because you were wanting to have Adventist connection whereas a lot of us went through like this rebellion against Adventism yeah do you feel like that was different yeah
1: totally I I couldn't understand that I I felt that too when I came back like almost it was as if people didn't didn't appreciate what they had. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, it's because they grew up with it. So you, you tend to, you you tend to think less or not appreciate something that you're, that you are, you know, given very easily. Yeah. But in my case, it's because I didn't have it. I craved it so much. And and that's why I appreciated it so much. So, so, you know, living in the Middle East as a young person, like during those core years, you know, the teenage early adulthood, um, the only thing I had to make me feel some bit somewhat comforted is, you know, Ellen G. White's book. So I read Messaged Young People back to back several times. I read Conflict of the Ages series. Like these books really helped give me confidence in who I was and it was the right thing and it, the sacrifice was worth it. Well, and what I mean by that is I could not socialize with people the way I socialize here simply because people there you know they were into two basic things drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. clubbing was Mm -hmm. such a big deal and if you didn't do those two things you were instantly weirded out by other people like people Hmm. people sectioned you out so it's not that i didn't have i was constantly feeling like a black sheep yeah the only thing that gave me comfort as i walked through a university where people pointed and said oh that's the that's the weird girl you know because i didn't give in to certain things anyways um the thing that gave me the confidence was the fact that you know Um, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there are lots of Bible characters that have to stand out. And the confidence came from the fact that they knew that they were doing something right. So I had that constantly being reinforced, which kind of gave me a sense of comfort. But yeah, when I came here and people told me Happy Sabbath, I'm like... (laughs) whoa
0: wait so but <laughs> then, did the you Lord. ever have a period of like uh feeling frustration with adventism at all or not really
1: yeah after i came here and the bliss of being in an adventist the adventist and you realize how <laughs>
0: terrible everyone
1: was well you know what i i will tell you this i was such a strong christian adventist believer when i was in lebanon than when I came to the Mecca of Adventism, which is really sad to <laughs> Trial say. Trial by fire. <laughs> it, says a, it says a lot about... Because... And I think a lot of it had to do with... I felt so watered down when I came mm-hmm. here. Because, you know, you only get fired up when you're in the fire you know you only and i felt that i had to stand up for what i believe every single yeah. day i mean i had exams coming on saturday i have to go beg the teachers and explain to them the ten commandments and talk to them about the state you know the, the sabbath um bible verses and they would look at me like i'm a retard <laughs> here you don't have that yeah. it's obviously you're not going to take an exam on yeah. saturday so you don't really get the opportunity to exercise this standing up for what you believe yeah, you there's know? a lot
0: of complacency, like yeah.
1: the lukewarm church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's what I kind of felt. I mean, I tell you, don't get me wrong. It was fantastic to have game nights with friends, you know, to have Bible studies and all these like, great things that we had here. I mean, I could never trade that for anything. It was, so, I was thanking God. I remember the first few years, I'm like, Lord, thank you so much for bringing me back here. Um, It wasn't until a few years later, as I got to know different components of the church. I mean, I feel like we have a really good, solid place, like... There, there there, are some great avenues for like great social gatherings and Bible studies, great content, really focused on the word, very, um, very uh, conservative. I guess you could put it that way. Fantastic. But what I've been hearing surfacing in the church are things that I'm not going to talk about any of the topics because it's not about <laughs> that. But let's just say uh, there, there, there was a lot that I saw, heard among other Adventist young people that shocked me. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say sometimes I look back, to egypt if you could put it that way and i say wow i i kind of miss being there but i don't want to tempt the lord but i will say that um partly watered down in this community you're I think just
0: not woke enough probably not woke enough yep okay well now that we have that amazing introduction thank you very much we'll talk talk about our actual topic yes uh because you've dabbled in a lot of different things Mm -hmm. in the sciences and the creative realm and basically everything um i wanted to talk with you kind of about the concept of ministry versus Mm -hmm. making money Mm -hmm. because there's a there's this uh sort of trope in adventism that if you're doing something for god you're not making money. Yeah. And I want to know kind of what your experience has been because you've done a lot of different things Mm -hmm. um, and what your thoughts are on this as a sort of you know standard thing that we yeah. just assume
1: yeah well very very good point and yeah it's pretty commonly believed that if you are like a hardcore adventist and you're involved with in ministry you must be broke yeah. so that that's kind <laughs> give of give everything back, yeah a
0: hundred percent yeah yeah
1: it's kind of the it's kind of the ugly truth in some in some respects and i don't think that that's the ministry's fault i think or ministry in general mm-hmm. or god's fault i think it has something to do with the individual with all due respect to everyone who tackles it but like in my case for example while I was working you know in school I got inv- I volunteered for a lot of projects especially with this um, uh, project with this ministry called restoration which is a part of the Avent Hope Young People uh, Mission it's like an evangelistic uh, series that they put out every year it's annual and I, I volunteered for a lot of that and I volunteered for Avon hope projects and what, you know, literally you are taking time out of your busy schedule to do it, to, to serve without getting any repayment for it. And we, and we say we do that for God and that God blesses us in other ways, maybe not financial, but, um, so yeah, I didn't get paid for anything I ever did for, for any of these, uh, programs. But what's interesting is that, um, I developed certain skills because of them, like for mm-hmm. example, videography, I was super into videography, but I, you know, I wasn't great at it, but because of like these projects, I was, Oh, I'll, I'll do this promo video for mm-hmm. this restoration event and the campaign or whatever. I don't know what I was doing, but because I took the time, like I'm telling you hours, hours and days of working and trying to, you know, anyways, I took the time to invest in that and I felt like it helped develop my videography skills. So yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't get paid for it, but yeah. then it, it kind of helped me in other ways. Um, but it got to the point where I realized, like I went to show it to like University Church, with all due respect to University Church. But anyway, they said, no one paid you to do this. I said, I said, no, they're like, we have people in our team that can't even do this. And they're on a payroll. And I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't get paid for it. Um, and I think the struggle, I'm kind of getting off topic with this. But I think the issue is that. Well,
0: that That is a good point. That ties into something along the lines, um, which is when you do the things volunteering that helps you build those skills i also feel like when people with actual tangible hard skills come prepared to do something nobody is then willing to pay them right that's true that's true yeah
1: that's true Uh, absolutely and the thing that i noticed is that because it was also graphic design work that i did like designing um, all of the like pamphlets and the handouts and the the, the friendship cards and all those things. I did not know how to like, use Photoshop. I don't know any of these things, but I did it. But then there were other projects that came up that were actually payable projects mm-hmm. that because of what I had done yeah. in ministry, I was able to, able to show a portfolio and be like, hey, look, I've done these. And I'm like, oh, wow, you have experience, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just trying to kind of maybe semi-defend this whole thing about people who feel called to do ministry and yet they're not getting paid to maybe still take the opportunity because God will bless in other ways, whether you are going to gain skills of your own by practice. Um, But then here's the other side of the coin of um, people who excuse, let's say, Mm -hmm. working a ministry and not having funds and then complaining about not having funds or things like that or asking for donations. Like, you know, I mean, we know that some some of the apostles were self-sustaining, like, you know, Paul had tent makers. And I mean, I don't believe that God wants us to be involved in ministry to the point where we are begging, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I do know that there are some people who are called to give full time and some people are called to support those people you know financially everyone
0: who loves god
1: well really love god well here's the thing the cool thing is that god has blessed everyone with talents right and um wise use of the talents is expected as stewards of god's word and what i mean by that is we have the mental capacity to look at a day identify where day, where the day is being wasted and then insert in that uh space um a way for us to be lucrative mm-hmm. and so let's say like anyone who has a creative ability they have the god-given um skills to make that lucrative i mean the bible says the workman is worthy of his hire so you know God paying people for certain things it's biblical and it's not wrong and I think in some cases if you absolutely do not have time and the ministry has absorbed you to the utmost then you have your own calling and that's fine but a lot of people who like volunteer they have other work jobs and they have other opportunities to make money Mm -hmm. you know and I think it's just a matter of diving into that entrepreneurial spirit that I think we have and I don't think it's a sin to do that personally
0: uh within the christian realm Mm -hmm. like for example your graphic design Mm -hmm. most of the time people are going to want you to do it on a volunteer basis Mm -hmm. because my ministry Mm -hmm. okay so the question is do you think as christians we should allow that ministry to remain separate without the financial obligation and make our money in the marketplace or do you think that as ministries we should apply marketplace yeah. value. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So here's the thing. Um, I've worked with some Adventist groups and I have been frustrated with this idea that okay so I start I tried to do a just give you an example. I worked really hard for my education okay so I got my BS in nutrition my master's in nutrition became a dietitian and then got my PhD now from a private university. Mm-hmm. So I paid a lot yeah. of money to get my <laughs> credentials. So um, after I was done I decided I'm going to do some projects. I'm going to take some time off from the 9 to 5, you know, I'm going to do my own projects. So I decided to do a culinary cooking program. You know, here at Loma Linda. Mm-hmm. We're not even talking about far away. And um, I contacted all of the churches because I figured, oh, church, you know, church members should would definitely be, you know, might be interested in how to create vegan plant-based healthy yeah. Ellen White approved meals, <laughs> you know, that are artistic yeah, and are yeah. our, our culinary are our, our culinarily ex I don't know how to say that, but that are like actually healthy and good Mm -hmm. for you and actually taste good. Okay. Because that has been some of my (laughs) background. Um, I teach a culinary class for med students. So I figured, okay, I, I I have what it takes to do this. Every single church, I kid you not. And I, it took me a month to market for these nutrition culinary classes that I was going to be conducting in a very nice teaching kitchen at Loma Linda. Every single Um, church expected when I spoke to the administration that this was for free. And I explained to them, we are purchasing high- quality organic foods for over 20 people per class, five courses, and we were hiring a staff of three to assist in the preparation of each class. How can this possibly be for free? (laughs) Because hashtag ministry. Right. And I was very frustrated and it was the first time I encountered that because in my mind, I'm like, I work, no one paid for me to get through school. I, I had to work and pay myself I mean, and pay for my tuition. So why is it that there's this expectation that just because it's Adventist, an Adventist community, it's going to be for free? Yeah, yeah. So I was semi—I guess I was a little bit outraged by that (laughs) because I was super confused that they would go pay for, you know, a yoga class or or a you know a gym membership or Mm -hmm. whatever, and they had no problem with that, but something as educational and life-changing and and beneficial as yeah, yeah. a culinary program, real value, yeah. real value to it that you can apply daily. That involves a lot of creativity. Uh, that would be assumed to be for free. <laughs> so, I mean, eventually, I ended up um, selling out both like, selling out the classes, and it turned out fantastic. And people did pay for it, but it was almost like twisting arms to get, yeah. to, to get to the people through the administrations because the administrations assumed, oh, well, if it's for free, yeah. I'm like, do you understand <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's involved? So I do think it's, um, I, I do think that it's kind of like, um, a, a sad cop-out maybe for ministries to assume that your skills are free, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't believe that, for example, I forget the name of the individual who carved out the, um, Ark of the Covenant I I believe they had wages for everyone involved in the development of the temple. Now, I do know that there were donations. Display your evidence. That's a good point. (laughs) I need to look that up. But I think I remember reading something about wages being provided to the people who came in and, you know, I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure about that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is where there was skill Mm. that I have seen in the Bible, except for that one, which I can't support. But... (laughs) wherever there was skill there was some sort of compensation for yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what about this concept? I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, and I'm
1: going to be looking for this while you're sure. talking to me. Yeah.
0: Uh so we also we already have the financial obligation for Christians by the church to give financially to the church 10% tithe, 10% offering. Mm-hmm. But our labor or our skill or our, our abilities are never put into that category. So do you think it is Uh, legitimate to say that you you using your education and your skills for that purpose for free is legitimately part of your tithe
1: no because ellen white is very specific about that from what i've seen um I can In see, what way? I can see, well, she talks about a 10th of all of your earnings mm-hmm. being the tithe. Now I can see that as offering possibly, mm-hmm. you know, like you're offering up your time. Um, it, I don't know if it, it's, is it exactly a 10% for offering? I know it is for tithe, but offering is kind of at your own discretion. Yeah. Or but wh- it's whatever like recommended,
0: feel. like there's a percentage for all the different categories. That's right. Recommended.
1: Right. The- I mean, I can see the volunteer work as a part of the offering category but i do know i do believe and from what i've seen that tithe is the 10 percent fixed of whatever mm-hmm. whatever you gross not what you net but what you gross like even before taxes like at least that's what i do yeah. that's what i felt compelled to do um so yeah i i think you could do it as an offering to the lord but i don't so know you're if, saying I don't we should
0: place market value on skills and ministry and we should also pay our tithe
1: I mean, I would, I would think so. <laughs> okay. I don't know. You're putting me in a weird spot. I, I don't know
0: what to tell you, but I. Well, I'm not I'll, trying I'll to grill you. you. I'm just,
1: yeah, throwing out ideas. I'll tell you what I do. Like I believe that tithe is a is is a monetary payment of mm-hmm. of of a, of a tenth of whatever I gross income wise. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of offering, um, it's either you know whatever whatever I submit to the church when I go in, in the offering plate or. Um, just a donation for like a ministry, or a donation maybe for for like a charity, or like a kids foundation, or something like that, um, and volunteer work. So those are all things that I consider offering. But you know, if there's something more specific, I'm happy to know.
0: But that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I buy it. Sure. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so what kind of things are you working on, and how are you sort of walking the line between? You know the marketplace and ministry, and how do you see that in the future too?
1: Good question. So right now I'm kind of on a like an interesting sabbatical as of a month and a half ago, um, just because I am pregnant right now and I'm trying to take it easy. But prior to that, so we're talking the past four years is when I really experimented with um, kind of the entrepreneurial thoughts and projects. Uh, so. While I was doing that, and again, this all has to do with while I was doing my doctorate, there was a lot of ministry involved, um, which I did not get paid for and I didn't care to get paid for because I felt like God was blessing in other things. So, you know, I, I picked up food photography and got a couple of clients from that. I started my own nutrition consulting corporation and had clients through that. And I felt quite saturated in terms of what I could do for money. Um, and so when an opportunity came to minister, to go speak at a church or to go share a testimony, I just f- did it without expecting anything in return. But again, part of that was because I was satisfied financially with what I was already doing. Now, in the case that you don't have that balance, I would think it would be really hard to just do ministry yeah. and not get paid and you still don't have any job. Yeah. You know, I can understand the struggle there um but in my case it it just seemed like there was a healthy balance for me to be able to commit to projects or people asking me to do things for nothing and I would do it.
0: Okay, I work in for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And we most of what happens in ministries is we go to the people who are in the private sector and ask them for money because they're the ones who have the money. Yeah. So do you think I mean do you agree first of all A do you agree that there is a stigma within adventism on people who simply are in the private sector and are the big earners and do you think it's hypocritical for us to then go out turn around and try to you know get money from them So
1: I think from how I understand the economy and the tax system is set up in America at least it really facilitates this Tax-deductible love gift thing with the big earners, so it's kind of a win-win for them to provide, let's say, um, nonprofits or ministries or NGOs or wh- or whatever you want to call them, funding.
0: So I think it's designed to make it well, easier. sure, to do yeah, that. there are financial incentives yeah. which obviously makes it possible. But like as far as the attitude within the church of like okay, we kind of look down our noses at these people because they're focused on making money, but also can we have some of your money? Yeah. So, I guess
1: how I see it is that it kind of depends on the actual organization that's requesting the funding, you know. Uh, I mean, they have everyone on a payroll, you know, like you're, you're on a payroll, which is which is expected. I mean, you're working in an organization. Um, and so I believe to a certain degree, some organizations can be self-sustaining. That's what I believe. If I had one of my an organization like this of my own, I would like to create that. I don't need you mindset, right. but I do understand in some of that. Yes, there is a stigma. Sometimes it's really icky. I, I get it. Um, but I do understand in the way the biblical structure of certain organizations from what we've seen in the early church, um, that there are earners and there are givers Mm -hmm. that I mean the earners can become givers and that that's a healthy attribute and you're exercising this um you know sympathy empathy all those great qualities that we need as Christians uh but I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't I don't really like this the expectation being there if you receive it fantastic but this like you know, raw, unapologetic expectation that, (laughs) oh, because we're a ministry, we we deserve or whatever. That is what I don't like. I think it's so wonderful when, like, I don't know if you know the full story of how 3ABN started, Three Angels Broadcasting Network. Um, It just kind of all started by surprise, free will give, like offerings that were just given. The attitude in which it was received was so genuine and pure. And it just, it beckoned people to continue giving Mm -hmm. because it wasn't, there wasn't an expectation for it but yeah i do believe that eventually these types of attitudes can get corrupted and there's gonna be like a maybe a nasty expectation and lack of gratitude and all that stuff that go along with it um, that can be i think hurtful to a ministry um, because people the ministries that are focused 100 percent all their time on preaching the gospel and not getting paid for it because they're reaching out to as a service to other people you know, I get that they sometimes need support from people who make yeah. a lot more money and haven't com- committed their lives to ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think there's a healthy exchange there if there's this if there's this system of gratitude and giving and kindness and, you know, gratefulness and all that if, if that's there if it's not there then i think there's something wrong with the ministry yeah you know so. okay that makes sense yeah
0: what about this as a concept we're talking big ideas here yeah. just very theoretical yeah do you think that uh do you think there is a separation of like people who are called to be the earners and people who are called into ministry? Or maybe do you think there's also a distinction where in one season of your life you're doing ministry, in one season of your life you're supporting? Like, do you think there's an ideal there? uh, one way. Yeah.
1: You know, I believe that God calls us at different seasons of our lives to do different things. Like for me, there was a huge obvious call for a certain time. You need to be involved in ministry. You need to taste what that's like. And then there came, you need to taste what it's like to make money and work hard and be accountable to someone, you know,
0: start making it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. There was a time where I was so involved in ministry and I was, fine with not having money, but then there was a time where I was so saturated with work and making money that I believed in my heart this was temporary, Mm -hmm. at least that phase, because it was so outrageous how much work and money was coming in, um, you know, and I know I was responsible. It's not like I went crazy. You know, I paid off my loans. You soon didn't as buy I, could a Lambo. I didn't buy, buy a <laughs> Lambo. Um, you know, and I paid off my loans immediately and, you know, I did everything I could to ensure that I was being a faithful steward. You know, I always tied the first thing, et cetera. Um, so, but I think what, okay, let's go back what, to what you're saying. Um, but then there, the distinction from what you're talking about you know, the body of Christ consists of a head, the hands, the heart, the legs. Not one can say I'm better than you or I'm more important than you. Each one has its role. So um, there are people like physicians, for example, who can't be 100% in, in ministry. They just can't because their demands on them are quite outrageous. And it has a lot to do with studying hard, long hours and working with patients, etc. But Ellen White, and, and it's known that like, especially at this time, physicians make quite a lot of money. Um, supposedly. It depends, of course, what profession (laughs) you're going in. But I mean, they're supposed to be quite high earners. Uh, But LNY actually talks about them as well as having a ministry of their own as a physician and that she says that the in ministry of healing, she says that the physician can do what the man in the pulpit cannot do in Mm -hmm. terms of reaching the patients. So it's not to completely excuse, let's say a a busy physician from doing ministry. They they still have their responsibility because here's the thing with work, you're always going to be in contact with people. Your example, could be a source of ministry you don't necessarily have to have a bible study with someone yeah you can simply take a stand during a business transaction to not be dishonest about something and that could be a mind blower for someone who you know has cheated their way into the business world yeah you know so i think um the distinction is kind of gray because you are supposed to carry your ministry into the work field into the workforce and at the same time as a person who's 100 percent in ministry, um, you know. Maybe God has called that person to do that, and that is their calling, and that is, they are the hand in that. Uh, let's say the left hand of the gospel. Sorry, the right hand of the gospel.
0: I keep on What's those the wrong. left hand of the gospel?
1: I never knew. Mm. <laughs> but <right laughs> thats hand... the one that
0: slaps you into the Wait, hold on, that's wrong. The, the right <laughs> hand of the gospel is a health message. No, no. But
1: let's say that. Let's say the left hand. Of... I don't know. <laughs> the left hand of the gospel is the private market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't. I never knew what that was. We should look that up in the app. But you know, I think that the. You know whether you're a doctor or a nurse or an architect or a businessman you still can minister where you're at you know and that's okay that you're not hundred percent in it because we still need doctors and we still need people to build houses and we still need people to you know um do whatever else people do <laughs> you know it doesn't it, like if everyone went straight into ministry who would do all these other things that we yeah. need to survive as a, yeah, as yeah. a civilization so everyone else Yeah, all the lost people. (laughs) So it it just depends on what I what God calls a person to do. But But how
0: do you know that? How do I know what? What
1: God's calling you to do? Well, you know, like through prayer and fasting, and you know, direction and the five pillars, and
0: you (laughs) know, there's there's lots of ways. (laughs) All right, Um, we're kind of coming to the end of our time. But do you have any suggestions or advice for people who maybe would like to do something ministry oriented but don't? but would like to be self-sustaining
1: so so here's the thing with the way the world does things not that we should look to them for advice but here's the thing um god says to do whatsoever you do 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 it with all of your might okay so that means doing it with a lot of enthusiasm energy and commitment and perseverance not the easy way out it doesn't say that you know just choose the easy way out and you're fine you know god's got your back no it says whatever you do do it With all of your might. All of your might means do it with outrageous amounts of energy. So we can, as Adventists, be deceived into thinking, oh, I can just pray about it and God will manifest it. (laughs) Big mistake. Because these people who go out and do things, whether they're athletes, and I'm talking about worldly people, okay? Mm -hmm. They might not be Christian. But, you know, whether they're athletes or businessmen or scientists they work very very hard they do everything from visualizing to positive affirmation to sweating to crying to desperately wanting the thing and they say it this way in all these motivational talks you need to want that thing more than you want to breathe mm-hmm. so that is commitment it's mm-hmm. not like well I'll just pray about it God will take <laughs> care of it for me you're not gonna get anywhere with that attitude yeah. because even God expects you if you really want something and and it's within his will. You got to work hard for it. You got to, you know, you got to tear for it. And so I believe that the best advice I can give if you want that one thing, and and, and of course, if it doesn't become an idol to you, mm-hmm. because that, that will be stabbing yourself in the back, um, you know, sh- shooting yourself in the foot. If you want that thing, you need to create clear goals. You need to create a very pure organized outline of how you're going to achieve that thing. And then once you get it, you need to work really hard to maintain it. And so that's something we all have the skills to do. Yeah. You know, it's all in our mind and God has blessed a lot of people with different types of skills. They just have to use them and don't leave them lying down dormant or else you're going to be like the unfaithful servant who dug <laughs> his talent in the dirt and said, Oh, I, and here's another thing. I really do believe a lot of people don't pursue because of fear. Mm. You know, especially Adventist. um, I've experienced this so much with my life and my family. uh, Constantly being like like scared into not doing things. You know, because that's different and that's weird. And not weird, but it's like no one else has done that. You know, why should you do that? And so there's a lot of fear. And if the fear is there, you will never ever move forward. Because a lot of this is about overcoming fear and trusting that this is the right thing to do. And so that takes you know fear is a big big deal yeah. to, to battle
0: i mean that's good advice and that's like a whole nother podcast we could do about the other aspect of adventism which is like ah good enough like exactly. there's not a, a need for a high level of excellence yeah. in a lot of this yeah stuff and can. very unfortunate because people
1: can but they just don't feel <laughs> called and they don't feel the pressure to yeah yeah. it's exactly. so It the worst thing is to feel comfortable with where you're at yeah. um but because they're like, oh, you should be content. <laughs> yeah. You should be perfectly content with the $10 you made that day. You know, or yeah. you should be or perfectly like, content. You
0: know, we don't have someone who can actually do this, but, you know, Joe, he can handle it. Right, and I think
1: ministry would see a, a completely new side of outreach if they decided to bust out their brains on a project rather than barely get it by yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they hired people that cost you know, nothing <laughs> yeah, to exactly. and they asked everyone to volunteer for something. Yeah, so, Exactly. So that's a that's something that I hope will change in the future. Maybe the millennials will help that happen, especially the you know, the I don't know. The millennials and I don't know even where are the Adventist millennials the re- that are that are creating <laughs> well, here, are the two of us big the creatives. <laughs> yeah, no, really I hope that maybe maybe people listening can be inspired and encouraged yeah. to kind of take the step to be great at what they're doing and not feel that they have to apologize for it (laughs) because god knows i think one of the biggest detriments to the adventist church in terms of young people is that exactly what you said this mediocrity of "Eh, we don't (laughs) have to really stand up for what we believe we can just you know not do this tiny little thing or you know it all translates what what do you believe as a christian as an adventist it kind of translates into the business world You know, like if I can barely keep the Sabbath, you know, but kind of keep it, you know, I'm okay. Yeah.
0: You know, if if I can
1: barely finish this project and just pass the exam, I'm okay. It it all, it's, it's kind of, it's like a swinging, I don't know what you call it.
0: Pendulum. It's like
1: a swinging pendulum. If you're going to swing that way with that much energy, you're going to swing the same (laughs) way into the other direction. So it's all about creating that. So the mediocrity
0: though is in the middle you just you don't ever do anything exactly
1: exactly but if we were zealous for what we believe like truly like look at joseph i mean oh my goodness he's like the most incredible entrepreneur in the bible yeah i know we're kind of going over i just have to say this this one part emily please don't 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 don't, don't, i won't stop
0: you don't stop me now
1: but like he was a faithful steward Mm -hmm. like he worked so hard he built the pyramids according to ben carson (laughs) oh i never knew that is that according to ben carson according to ben carson (laughs) so um Now you threw me off with Ben Carson. Sorry, sorry, Joseph. So Joseph, like he worked really, really hard where he was at and it's not like he was preaching about god he was focused on his business um and god blessed the works of his hands because it was seriously hard work you know he stood out among the egyptians as being someone who was really serious about what he did and he did it with exaction as if he was doing it for the lord and god blessed him for that and then you see how throughout wherever he went whether he was in a prison
0: yeah
1: or if he was you know a, a a wonderful um or the 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 man of the house not the man of the house the steward of the house of uh, potiphar mm-hmm. or if he became when he became the um the uh, prime minister of egypt so in every situation sorry i probably hate the mic when every situation whether he was acting as a servant or with whether he was acting as a ruler he did them equally with the same amount of zeal and zest and that's why god blessed him you know and he had a good heart and he stood up for what god you know um, had in mind and Etc. Et
0: awesome. Well, we got the passion there at the end, which is what we were all hoping yeah. For. Passion came <laughs> out
1: and kind of confused me right. through the whole process. But no.
0: so, last thing: is there anything that you would like to plug, places you want people to go to find your stuff, your projects, your things that you're doing?
1: Sure. Um, so, um, I am no longer on Instagram, no and that's no a whole longer. other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, decided to get rid of those. But um, I mean, people are free to check out my website. Uh, it's called the earthy com. I don't know if you put that Definitely information check down it out. because yeah, if like Wait, the earthy, uh, what? Uh,
0: yeah. I'll, so, li- I'll link it
1: in the description. Yeah. If people would like to check out, um, some of that stuff, I, I, um, do newsletters and things like that and nutrition information, recipe creation, all that fun stuff. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for
0: being here. It's been fun. Thank you, and Emily. Maybe I'll have you back again after <laughs> you have many, many children. Oh yeah, around. please <laughs> don't, don't even get me started with that. All right, Cool.